Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 43. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about perfectionism. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea. Thanks, Beth. How are you? I'm doing well. We um, had a little less sleep last night compared to usual. But I got an extra 45 minutes after, like, my older one woke up this morning. My husband took her downstairs, and that was clutch. Nice. So I'm actually feeling pretty good because I was a little, a little nervous last night because I knew it wasn't going to be as good. Yeah. Was she just waking up a lot? or? Well, actually, she took a nap around 4 yesterday, mm-hmm. and she didn't wake up till 8.30. Oh, wow. So, and then she went back down, but that was like a really long stretch for her between feeds. And I know once she gets that long stretch, the next stretches are just shorter. Um, And Mm -hmm. yeah, I could have woken her up, but I was like, the kid needs the sleep and I'm trying to get her to take longer naps. So by the time I was like, oh, I'll just wake her up. I said, oh, I'll just go to bed. And then she woke up. (laughs) So she woke up a couple other times. It wasn't you know, and I didn't, I was like, I get so much sleep other nights. One night's mm-hmm. not going to break or make her break anything. So I'm just going to go with the flow. And if I need a nap today, I'll take a nap. Awesome. So how are you That's doing? Good. I'm good. Sleep has been eh, like, he's been so much better, but we're still just like, we're back to the, like the, like once a night wake up now, which is just, you know, enough. To, and it's like, it takes him a little bit to get back to sleep. So it's enough to like throw you off. Cause then I like, go back to bed and I'm like, oh, I don't have to fall back asleep. Yeah. But, um, Hey, you know, it is so much better than what it was. So <laughs> progress. things are moving forward. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I have something else that's really exciting in regards to sleep. So Ooh. I think we started talking about the saga of my potty training issues. Mm-hmm. And like, I think when we started this podcast, like 10 months ago now, so, we now have had four days in a row where we have not taken her to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and she stayed dry all night. So, wow. That's awesome. I'm really stoked about it. And I, I want to like, be like, yeah, oh yeah. God, she's doing amazing. But I feel like she's like, yeah, mom, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> like that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, um, Oh, that's yeah. so awesome. Yay. So now I'm not waking up with that one. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Let's hope that stays that way. Yay. Good, good, good. (laughs) So for our real moment, my real moment is um, talking about kind of what what happened with yesterday and and the sleep and the schedule. So I realized my whole plan with this one was to just pay attention to her, feed her on demand, not try to get her on a schedule. And I do keep track of my nursing because I cannot remember what side I'm on for the life of me. And with that, it always shows me, like, how much time it's been. So I realized that I am subconsciously always feeding her right around the same time. I'm like, oh, well, she just woke up. She's probably hungry. And it's I didn't really want to mess with it because she's sleeping well at night. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm feeding almost feeding her every two hours. But then I was like, now I'm wondering, you know, was like, oh, am I starting to get a snack? Or maybe I should wait until she's actually hungry and not just free to rate when she wake up. So that's why you hear in the background is like she woke up and I'm like, you know what? She's happy. She's content. She's playing on the floor. 
I'm not going to feed her. And then that my hope is to get her napping longer because right now I'm like, oh, well, of course she's waking up at half an hour because she's awake for an hour and a half. She sleeps for a half an hour and I feed her and she's stuck on this two hour cycle that I essentially put her on. So that's my, my real mom moment is trying not to schedule and then I scheduled my kids. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm like debating whether or not to share this one, but I feel like it's my Come duty on. too. Cause this one's bad. Oh my God. I swear. Like I'm going to get like CPS call on me if they like call it, listen to this podcast. So my real mom moment of the week, because the whole point of this is we are real moms and shit happens with children is I was making coffee and I was remaking coffee and Adam came home from, he had like a really early shift. So like then he came home and it was like eight o'clock or something like that. And I was just like excited he was home and just like, you know, just like I was not thinking I hadn't had my coffee yet. (laughs) And I just had Remy, I was holding Remy and I went and I grabbed the coffee pot out and like I was holding him away, but like, again, I just wasn't paying attention, wasn't thinking our coffee, the carafe has like the filter sits right on top of it. And I didn't realize that the water hadn't like even completely drained into it. So Remy just like, I mean, before I could react or I kind of like reacted, but I couldn't stop him. He grabbed the thing and he pulled it and it felt like the hot coffee fell on his leg. Like it was like terrible. Um, Luckily he's okay. He has like one tiny little burn blister, Um, but obviously he was not happy. Um, And he cried a lot and I felt horrible. And yeah, it was like a very terrible thing. But a point is, is these things do happen and it doesn't make you a terrible mom. Um, I just like sat with him and just like, we tried, we put some lavender oil um, and then I found this like spray um, that they gave me at the hospital actually. That's like this like numbing, cooling, like, and it even says it's four burns on it spray. I like put like everything I could think of. I was like, put some lavender on it. Put some Neosporin on it. That has like pain, you know, like relieving things because it like has, I don't know, the Neosporin we have has like some pain thing in it. And then I was like, oh, that spray. <laughs> so I was, like put so much stuff on his leg. But um, but it's just like I did let him just like, I mean, I was holding him obviously. And then it's just like I did let him just like cry. I wasn't trying to like distract him or like shove a binky in his mouth. Like it was important that he cried and like, you know, got all of that out. And then, uh, but now he's totally fine. He's like a happy camper. It doesn't seem to really bother him at all. We've been just like putting some ointment on it just to like keep it moist and everything. But yeah, guys, like these things happen. It sucks. It, it doesn't make totally you a bad happens. mom. <laughs> and as a mandated reporter of child abuse, <laughs> that's not something that anyone would report. Okay. Well, I was because debating. It happens. <laughs> I know. So I have like the, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I ha- my insurance has a teledoc thing, which is this 24 seven access to like medical care. So you can just call them up and they have all your records on file and um, you can call them and like, hey, you know, help me with this thing. And then you don't have to like go into the doctor. And the only other time I've called them is when I slammed his thumb in the car door. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to call them. <laughs> I was like, I was like literally going to. And then I was like, I don't want to. I don't want this to be the two things on his record. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I, and then I Googled it. And I was like looking up like, what do you need to? And I was like, all right, he's got like nothing that qual like you know, I am a medical professional as well. So I'm not like just being neglectful, <laughs> but I was like, okay, he's good. Like, you know, like the, like the little blister is like literally like half of his, you know, pinky nail. So anyways, I was like, okay, he's, it's healing very well. So uh, yeah, that was mine. 
I remember when my when my first daughter was born being so conscientious about hot liquids and all that. And then just like as they get bigger, life continues on and they're so sturdy and they're so stable and you you stop thinking about those little things and that's just the way life is and it's okay and he'll be okay. Yeah. And it won't happen again. It might. No. It probably won't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Let's hope not. So for tips of the week this week, I wanted to talk about knowing your child best. And I'm not saying that you don't know your child best. I'm saying that you do know your child best and that you need to be firm in that. And if you have a hard time being firm in that, you need your partner to be firm in that. So my example is that last week, my mom really wanted to pick my older daughter up from school to have a play date with her. And I'm sure my daughter would have loved it. And I would have loved for it to happen, but we had activities after school Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then my mom wanted to see her on Thursday. And it was just, like, going to be too much. And so I really wanted to say yes because I really wanted them to have that nice time to bond. She loves that one-on-one time. But I just... I couldn't, and I was talking to my husband. I was like, well, maybe it'll be okay. And he goes, no, Beth, we have to say no, because if she has a meltdown that night, which she probably is going to, we're going to be very, we're going to be upset with ourselves. And lo and behold, she still had a night meltdown that night because she was overtired, despite the fact that we said no. But it was really good because then I'm not blaming anyone else. It's just... You know, this is just Thursday night. This I feel like it's always Thursday is like that end of the week, one more day that we have to get up early, that culmination. And so I'm really glad that he, you know, we both knew what the answer was, but he really helped me stick to it. So that's my tip for the week. Have that's a really good one. I just want to talk to that one because I'm like literally having like the same thing right now because Adam and I were talking, we've been wanting to take a vacation for, like we just like haven't taken a vacation, like an actual vacation, not like going to see family um, thing. And we live on the West Coast. So Hawaii is like, I mean, fairly close, you know, it's like, why wouldn't we go to Hawaii when we're here? And so we were talking about it and doing it. And then I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, like Remy is notoriously terrible on vacations. Like anytime we go somewhere, he doesn't sleep like, and we cannot put him like the whole issue of like us not being able to put him down happens, but we've always had an, someone else to put us, him down. Like the grandparents will just put him down and then it's fine. But if we go on vacation, like without the grandparents, like it's just us. And I was like, and we're going to like be miserable. So I kind of like got in some Facebook groups and I was like asking and everyone was like, oh my gosh, no. Like, I mean, there's very mixed responses, but you know, a lot of people were like, oh, just do it. It'll be great. And then I'm like, no, I will be like, if that happens, we'll be freaking miserable. And I know we are not, we'll be pissed that we spent the money because we'll be like, just tired, exhausted and like not be able to enjoy ourselves at all. So it's just like, no, I mean, until he can prove like, until we can take a two night stay, like close to here and prove that he's not going to like freak out, like we're not going to Hawaii by ourselves. So, which sucks, but yeah, it just, I know him. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you do. And those are hard decisions, but it's like you have to think about your future self in this. Like, oh, yes. you know what? This sounds great, but yeah. how is future self me going to feel? Exactly. So, totally. Yeah. Um, and then my tip of the week is to just make a decision. So, well, obviously, you made a decision about the Hawaii thing, but 
um, what I was actually going to make the say I made the decision about is that right now we've made the decision we are not having a second child, and it just like felt I didn't know it was this weight on me until like it, you know I just made the decision and it was kind of this not really a on purpose decision either. Um, a girl at work is pregnant and I just she did wasn't planned and she's just kind of freaking out and she has like no idea like what to get and was just talking about how expensive things are and I was like oh my god we have like everything just like take all my stuff <laughs> and just like starting to give her the stuff I was like oh this feels actually like so good to get rid of this stuff <laughs> and like I was going through it I was like oh look at the little baby newborn clothes but then I was like all right ready to give them away so I think just like making that decision that like we're not having a second child just I don't know it felt really good or it feels really good so that's mine. Just make a decision. I love that. I think that it's so you're at the stage where people are going to start telling you like, oh, when's number two coming? And it's when you were in that limbo of you're not sure if you want to have number two, it's really hard to respond to that. And I mean, I know that we struggled because we weren't sure. And I have always my whole life wanted two kids. And then after one, I was like, I don't know. But then we decided that we wanted a second one. And, you know, and now we've decided that we're done. And it is really nice. Like, I've packed all my maternity clothes are in a bag. I'm getting rid of, you know, giving those away. And then every time that the little one grows out of something, I'm like, I don't have to put it in a nice box. I can put it in a crappy box because I'm going to, you know, give it, save it for possibly my sister-in-law. But otherwise, it's just going to be donated and I'm not even going to try to sell most of this stuff because that's not worth it to me the peace of mind of having all this extra storage space in my basement where all the baby stuff has been stored for the past four years I'm so excited so yeah yes for making that decision and the one thing I want to say about decisions is like technically I don't know in, in a month I could change my mind and like that's okay so like even if you've made a decision like I mean I'm making the decision for right now you know, it's like, this is where I am right now. And I'm like super confident. I don't think I'm going to change my mind. But I think before, like what stopped me from making the decision was that whole like, oh my God, it's permanent. And it's like, I mean, unless my husband does go and get a vasectomy tomorrow, it's not actually that permanent. And then technically it's still not even permanent. We could still have a child in some other way, you know, like there's other options. So um, I think just being really, I just wanted to say, just being really confident in the decision right now, like just make it and then like live your life according to that decision. And if something's not working, you can always then change it. But this feels really good. So yay. I just want to add a little plug for future episodes. We are going to talk about permanent birth control with mm. Dr. Aaron in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. I might add, pull out some calls for questions for that. So mm. I just want to let you know. So let's get into our topic. We are talking this week about perfectionism. Take us off, Andrea. All right. This time I actually had a definition of it too. Cause I was like, Beth might ask me for a definition and I've never read it. <laughs> see, I'm, see, I'm learning not to ask you straightforward <laughs> questions like that. And you're learning yeah. to prepare for them. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> so I actually pulled the medical definition on Merriam Webster, just so people know where I got this from. So it's a disposition to regard anything short of perfection as unacceptable especially the setting of unrealistically demanding goals accompanied by a disposition to regard failure to achieve them as unacceptable and a sign of personal worthlessness. 
So I love the fact that uh, Merriam-Webster, like, or like this medical definition brings that extra piece to it. Like, this isn't just about being like, oh, everything has to be great and perfect. And I like things, you know, to be that way. Like this brings into like the actual feelings that it causes. So that's what we really wanted to talk about today. Because I think perfectionism sometimes is touted as this like, really like fake good thing almost. Like it's always, it's always like the joke when we were like practicing for job interviews, right? It's like, what's your most negative quality? And it's like, say something like perfectionism. So it makes you sound like, you know, it's really a good thing. And so, right. Is that, is that your experience, Beth? I wasn't, I'm not like making that up, but I feel like no. that was all go-to. I, I do remember that, like, whenever I was applying for the job, it's like, what's your best quality? I'm a perfection or what's your worst quality? Yes. I'm a yeah. perfectionist. Yeah. I do remember that. And it's like, oh, well, then it just means that you're like really good at what you want to do and whatnot. And it's like, no, that's like, like right now, if I needed to hire someone, they said, said they were a perfectionist. I'd be like, all right, you're out. Like, I don't want to hire a perfectionist because nothing ever gets done with perfectionism. So signs, what I wanted to talk about first is signs that you're a perfectionist. Okay. Or signs that perfectionism is creeping into your life in some ways. So if you procrastinate, if you have a long list of unmet goals, if you have really all or nothing thinking, so you find yourself, you're either on or off the wagon, you're either eating healthy or you're not, you're exercising or you're not. If you have feelings of shame, guilt, unworthiness, if you really constantly are feeling like you need to prove yourself to others, like if you get defensive, you know, about stuff that you do in your life, um, if somebody's asking you about it, like someone's asking if you want a second child, and you've made your decision, but you are defensive about it. Um, if you judge others often, so if you constantly find yourself like, oh my God, what is she wearing? Or like, can you believe that person did that? That's judging. And if you do that, it's perfectionism. Um, if you uh, don't appreciate your progress. So this is um, if you are, you're trying to lose 10 pounds, you lose eight, and then you plateau. It's like, it's like you didn't do anything, you know, it's like, well, I failed my goal um, because you didn't even appreciate like that progress that you've made so far. Um, yeah, if you're just because that means you're very, sorry, focused on the like very unachievable, perfect result. And then if you have low self-esteem in general, if you find yourself like being really down on yourself, it's often because of perfectionism. So I literally never knew I struggled with perfectionism. Um, I was always super messy. I could never trust myself to procrastinate or to follow through with things. I procrastinate like, whoa, okay. Um, I kind of always had unfinished projects and I, I was I just never did anything to me that was like perfectionism quality. Like I was that person that was like last minute scrambling to get like a paper in, you know, and even though like I would make sure it didn't have, you know, spelling errors and stuff like that as much as I could, like I wouldn't leave enough time to actually do that. So sometimes it would and things like that. And it was, I wish I could remember what the quote was or what it was that like turned me around because I would read it right now. But this was only like in the past six months or so that I realized I was like, holy shit, I'm a perfectionist. Because what it was talking about was that the reason we do all these things is like a guard against the feelings that perfectionism causes. Can, so, I, can I jump in there yeah. a little bit? So Brene Brown mm -hmm. says that perfectionism is armor and that shame loves perfectionists and it's so easy to keep us quiet. 
So yes, that's I wanted to add that in because I've been listening to a lot of Brene Brown lately, and and I just looked up her quote, and I was like, yes, this is this is something I want that you were looking for that. So yeah, there you go. Totally yes, and you know what's funny is that I listened to a ton of Brene Brown, and even listening to her, I feel like I recognized pieces, but because I didn't identify myself as a perfectionist. I didn't really like I want to go back and re-listen to her stuff now because I didn't completely identify with it. Does that make sense? I was like, no, I can't. I'm not a perfectionist. So like Definitely. I heard it and I was like, that makes sense. And like I freaking love Brene Brown. Oh, my gosh. But it didn't like resonate with my soul because I was like, well, that's not me. So that's kind of what I wanted to like talk about today because I see this a lot in my clients, too. Um, that once then they can recognize this behavior, it's like, oh, OK, this makes so much sense. And then you can change it from there. So some signs that I was that really resonated with me once I was hearing this list is that I was super judgmental of other people, Um, especially when I was first started practicing as a nutritional therapist. So, you know, it's like I would be in the grocery store and like see someone with a cart full of like processed foods. And I'm like, oh, my God, what? that's disgusting. Like, what's wrong with them? How do they not know? You know what I mean? It was like very judgmental. But then I would go and eat crap too. You know, it's like, it wasn't like I was eating perfectly anyways. Um, And then I would just put off starting things. So I would come up with these awesome ideas and I would just never act on them. And so just one silly example is like my car. Okay. So like it is constantly kind of messy. And this was just the the reason I'm using this as an example. It was something that happened like right around the time where I was like, oh my God, I am a perfectionist. Because I was like sitting in my car and I'm like, how can this be perfectionism? It is so dirty and disgusting. I've been meaning to clean it up for like a year and I haven't. And I think it was, I'm not going to say who it was now because I'm not sure. Um, But they were talking about how you don't ever start projects because unless you have the time or are going to do it perfectly, like you may as well not even start. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Because every time I've thought about cleaning the car and I'm like, well, how can I clean the car? I don't have like the special vacuum that gets in the crevices. And then I'm going to have to go find wipes to clean off the dash. You know what I mean? It became this whole ordeal. So when I heard that literally that day, I just like literally just went, got the damn vacuum cleaner, took, I don't know, 10 minutes and just vacuumed out the gravel from my car. Cause I have a gravel driveway. So it just like gets thrown in my car, no matter how hard I try not to. And it was like amazing how just doing that, I was like, oh my God, it's like so clean. And like, I still haven't even cleaned off the dashboard and like done any of that. But it was just like, I can just do that piece. I don't have to like detail my car from head to toe. Like I was literally like looking into detail services because I was like, well, I may as well pay $250 for someone to detail my car if I'm going to clean my car. Like that's perfectionism, not just like doing the main things. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm sort of thinking about my myself and all of this. And I have definitely viewed myself as a perfectionist in the past. Although I will say I am not a procrastinator. I am a finisher. I am a get this project done kind of person. But there's definitely that because I am such a finisher, I'm afraid to start things that I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to finish. But mm-hmm. um, I think that there has been a point in my life where I've wanted to be viewed as a perfectionist. So while I don't necessarily always do things that are, you know, of that perfectionism trait, I want to be, I used to want to be perceived as one. Mm -hmm. So I ended up like forcing some of these things like, nope, like this has to be perfect or what have you, or this is the the sign that I want to project. And Mm -hmm. I think for me... 
a lot of self understanding myself and and speaking out a little bit more and and really just doing more research on like self-love is kind of like no why do I care what other people think if they don't Mm -hmm. like me for me then they're not then it's not meant to be you know I've always approached that from a like male relational standpoint like I've never had any issues breaking up with boyfriends in the past that kind of thing because if it wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be but I felt so much it was so much harder with female friends Mm, so mm -hmm. I feel like in that aspect where there's I will be more quick to to judge from a certain standpoint and 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 then there's also that fear of being judged myself too so that that all makes sense if if, if I'm expressing that. Yeah, <laughs> well. no, totally. And that's what Brene Brown talks about perfectionism too. Is she, I know she says like perfectionism is like, it's caused by what will other, others think and healthy striving. Like, Oh, you're just trying to like, you know, turn in a good finished project or complete a good finished project is driven by like, just, I forget her phrasing, but it's driven by just internal like motivation to, create this really nice thing and they can kind of get I think a little messy sometimes especially if you're not recognizing it um and I do think even though I think Brene Brown's like when she's talking about that she talks about judgment from others a lot I do think it's judgment from ourselves too um because that's kind of where I recognize it in myself a lot it's which ultimately is usually because of judgment from other people so I guess it all comes (laughs) comes around anyways (laughs) But uh, like another example would be like, I, I've given public talks and things like that. And I really tend not to prepare a whole ton for them. And I saw that as, I don't know, I'm just like really good at winging it, you know, like, why do I need to prepare? But really what it comes down to, and you can see the perfectionism is if I don't prepare for it, or, you know, I kind of like half-ass prepare for it and I blow it. Well, it's because I didn't prepare. So it's not my fault, right? It's like, well, I just didn't have the time to do it. Like, it's not like, oh, I am bad as a person. Whereas if I had spent all this time preparing and making it right, and then it tanks, well, then I suck as a public speaker. Clearly, it's me that's wrong, right? Which isn't true, of course. But like, it's much easier than to take on that shame, which is what Brene Brown talks about. So not starting things, kind of doing things half-ass, like not putting your heart into things are always that perfectionism is this armor, which Beth was just talking about from Brene Brown. Because when we don't do those things, we aren't putting our all into it, putting all our efforts into something we believe in, then when it doesn't happen, it's like, well, you know, I didn't try that hard. And so we don't have to take on that shame ourselves. Does that make sense, that concept? Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, So perfectionism ultimately breeds the exact emotions we are trying to avoid. Shame, guilt, and rejection. All right, like we take on perfectionism because we don't want to feel those emotions. But because of perfectionism, we usually end up feeling those emotions because that's why we never start or stay on our healthy eating program. So if you find yourself like, okay, I'm going to start on Monday and it's like, you know, Monday goes great. Tuesday goes great. And then Tuesday night, your friend brings you a cupcake and you eat it. It's like, well, shit, everything went, you know, to crap. I may as well give up. I ruined it all. I may as well just give up now and then maybe start again next Monday or I don't know, 
next year, <laughs> New Year's. Like that's perfectionism right there. And the perfectionism, like the, the, the feeling that you had to be completely perfect to keep eating healthy is kind of asinine <laughs> when you think about it. Like it makes no sense, which is so crazy, you know, and I'm not saying that to judge other people. I'm saying that because I recognize it in myself too. You know, it's like we all do things like this. It's like a very natural for some reason thing to do. Uh, or it's like you could just eat the cupcake and then just like, I don't know, make another healthy choice afterwards if you want it to. Like there's no reason you can't do that. So perfectionism often keeps us from our goals, um, keeps us from achieving the things we want to achieve. Um, I think perfectionism also prevents us from like speaking out for ourselves. Sorry, Beth, do you want to say something? I'm just talking here. No, well, I feel like we covered what perfectionism is pretty well and pretty clearly, mm-hmm. but I feel like I want to talk a little bit about, well, how to, how to address it in yourself. Mm-hmm. That yeah. That we can kind of talk about and wrap up with. Totally. Um, perfectionism is, hates to be recognized, just like shame hates to be recognized. You know, just acknowledging what's happening is like by far the number one thing to do. So if you find yourself listening to this and you're like, I'm not a perfectionist, I'm just lazy. Or I'm not a perfectionism, I just like have terrible willpower. You're a perfectionism. Just it, no one, it's laziness and will, like willpower issues, all that. They're all linked and related. So just recognize it first. That has to happen first because until you recognize it, you, it's really hard to do something about it. And then understand, I think, what's at kind of stake. You know, it's like really think down like, okay, well, if I don't do this one thing perfectly, like what is like the worst case scenario? You know, like what really could happen? And when it comes to like healthy eating and stuff like that, I mean, the worst case scenario is usually that you don't meet your goals. But again, the funny part is, is that when you're perfectionist about it, then you just like give up on your goals totally if you go off it table right so just being like oh okay the worst case is I don't meet my goals and then if I just throw it all out anyways I'm also not going to meet my goals so just keep eating healthy like work towards your goals and enjoy the journey piece of it um, versus just being so focused on the like result does that make sense yeah I mean it's it's about I mean we've talked we talked a lot last week about reframing and that kind of thing and if you can see perfectionism like that little perfectionism monster coming out it's like oh all right it's coming out here let me reframe this thought reframe this action into to not you know into not being of that of that mindset. So we, you know, we talked about kind of like positive mindsets last week. So that's sort of how I'm thinking that they're relating is if you take that, if you know that you have these tendencies towards perfectionism and maybe you have them more in some areas of life, of your life than others, maybe you have it more at work, maybe you have it more as a mom, maybe you have it more as a wife, it may not be the same in all different of those areas, but once you sort of see it and address it, you can recognize it and almost stop it before it starts. For me, I, um, my first step is like being like calling myself out on it. So I might do something and I'll say something to my husband that's definitely of a perfectionist quality. And I'll say, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I had those thoughts and I expressed them. And I'm recognizing them. I'm not able to stop them yet, but I'm recognizing them and I'm trying. And then that's, that's sort of my, my approach to it. 
That's awesome. And I just want to mention, since you mentioned work in there, um, some people do have jobs where perfectionism is necessary, right? Like if you're in charge of like making sure an airplane flies or like, I don't know, you know, whatever, some crazy engineering thing where like people's lives are on the line, like, yes, like perfectionism, that is where it is a good quality, I suppose, in a job interview. Like there are absolutely cases where perfectionism is needed. And if you have a job like that, that can sometimes create this carryover into life. It like becomes this like, oh my God, well, if I don't do things perfectly, people will die because like that might be true in your job, but like it might not actually be true in like life. You know what I mean? So just being able to differentiate between the two is important because I do want to acknowledge that some people absolutely do have to be perfect in their, in certain places. The other thing to notice is when you judge other people. So I actually found this to be really useful to recognizing things in myself because when you're judging other people, it's kind of this mirror back to what your own issues are. Okay. So again, when I was judging other people for what they're eating, I then got to like, look back and be like, Oh, I'm actually judging myself for what I'm eating. If you can't be gentle with other people, it's really hard to be gentle with yourself and vice versa. So you can kind of work from whichever place works better for you. For me, it, it, worked better to be like gentle with other people first. So like with my husband, you know, there's things that whatever he does and it's like not perfect, right? Like, oh my gosh, you're cutting the onions too big or something. I don't know, something stupid. I'm just thinking like random examples. And it's like, it's so easy to sit there and be like, oh, you're not doing it right, blah, blah, blah. And let that perfectionism take, take over. And really it's like, then when I'm cooking, I'm realizing that I'm kind of critical of like, oh, I left that on the stove too long, like, or I let that burn, like, it might not be the exact same thing. But you just find yourself being critical in those same situations. And so clearly, if like, my husband isn't doing it right, well, then I'm not doing it right. Like, I have to have this same shame about on myself, like, you can't shame other people for something and then not feel shame yourself. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Um, once you can kind of let go of that judgment in other people, it actually makes it a lot easier to let go of the judgment in yourself. So I would say to start noticing that. Does that make sense? I love that. And I think that we, the, we, we talked about next week maybe talking about setting goals. And I think that if we can approach, well, if we're not going to be perfectionists, how can we set goals? So if you're okay, I'd like to wrap it up mm -hmm. here. Yeah, perfect. All right. So that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to chat about goal setting. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Pizza for Elites, and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.